Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Time Machine. I'm your host, Mac Davis, along with my WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Teddy Long. Hey, Teddy. Hey, what's going on there, Mac? How you doing today? I'm doing good. And for those of you wondering, where is our other co-host, Mr. Bill? Nobody, no, nobody's wondering that. Yeah, I didn't think so either. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's on a beach patrol this week. Uh, he is uh, on assignment. Let's put it that way. I did see one of the pictures he took on assignment, uh, and it was on Buns Beach. It was a nice-looking beach. Okay, why, why would it be named Buns Beach? You just let your imagination go. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I have to say this for Bill after. Congratulations, and uh, I wish I was there with you, player. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, uh, Jim Cornette and Matt Hardy. I don't know if you've heard about this. and uh, I said they, it to you. About the spat going on? Yeah, I said that to you. Damn, I need to go back to sleep and wake up again. Yeah. yeah that, I, I, was, I, is it, wasn't it Darby out? No, it was Darby talking about Sting, right? Yeah, well, we did talk about that, yeah. Okay, well, I sent you the other thing about Matt Hardy and uh, whoever the kid is was talking about how all he could do is play off of his brother Jeff and all this stuff, and Cornette complimented, uh, well, comp not complimented, but he added something to it, too. So yeah, I he sent that to you. Yeah, like but for those of you who are not aware of this story, and I didn't—I don't know why I didn't know Teddy sent this to me. Jim Cornette and Matt Hardy have been going back and forth because Matt Hardy made a comment, and the quote was, "The Young Bucks and Adam Page are extraordinary talents that will unfortunately get their flowers way after than they should." Between this and the toxic Cornette cult. These guys don't get the adoration that they truly deserve. The diehard elite fans are phenomenal and get why they're special, but there's a huge chunk of fans that failed to give them the credit they deserve. Now, right after that, Jim Cornette responded saying, quote, <laughs> you gotta love Cornette too. Geez, Matt. I would understand selling your soul for rock and roll, but selling it for Adderall? Even oh, if you wow. have to abandon your principles and verbally felitate the childish cretins for your check, leave my fans alone. It's not their fault that Tony's not paying them enough to lie. End quote. Teddy? <laughs> well, you know what? Uh... I, I, you know, I've always been a big Jim Cornette fan. Um, I'm certainly a big Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy fan too. Uh, just did some stuff like a month ago, me and Jeff Hardy together. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, what I have to do with this, you know, like I said, I love these guys, man. And, you know, I don't know why all this back and forth and whatever it is. So I just try to stay out of it because the way I look at it is they may know more than I know because I don't really know the Young Bucks. You know what I mean? I, I have no, I, you know, I don't even really think I've ever met them. If I have, I don't remember. So I can't say anything about them. I've watched them work, you know, and I've never seen nothing really wrong with their work. I think they're outstanding talent in the ring. So whatever this back and forth is, you know, just leave me out of it, man. I I, I have no, I, I, I need to say about it because I don't know them. 
So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Now, where do you want to pick up at? Uh, Let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll pick up here. Here we go. Okay. Now, I do want to say this, Teddy. Matt Hardy did have one more thing to say uh, before it all got over with. Matt Hardy said, quote, you're definitely, this is to Jim Cornette, I should specify this, uh, quote, you're definitely an ex-great. I used to have massive respect for you, but that's been long gone. That's the case with many people nowadays. It's sad. This is my final tweet to you. Keep doing your shock jock routines and fanning the toxic flames of hate and negativity for your zombies to slurp up. So I'm not sure that uh, I, here's what I when I first read all this, I, I kept thinking that Jim Cornette and the Hardys, I thought they were on good terms. I'm not aware of anything that ever happened between the two of them that would say different. Um, and in this yeah. business, in this business here, things can go sour overnight. That, well, that's that's very true, very true. And part of me also wonders, maybe it's a work, maybe you know, who knows? I, you just never know in this business. But I agree with you uh, when it comes to Jim Cornette, and people will hate me for this. There are people in this business who have podcasts who I listen to, and there's not a a whole lot of them. Uh, I have, uh, let's see. Jim Cornette is one that I do like to listen to. Dutch Mantell is actually somebody else I like to listen to. And from time to time, Kevin Nash's new podcast, I enjoy. Um, but the reason I like them, all three of them have something very in common. They're telling you the truth. They're speaking the truth. And those are the reasons why they get brought up in all the hate mail and everything else, because these guys are preaching the truth that people just don't want to listen to anymore. Well, a lot of people, you know, they can't handle the truth. You know, that's that's a true saying, you know, they can't yeah. handle the truth. And then when they hear it, they don't want to hear it because, oh, no, that's my favorite guy. He ain't like that. You know, they refuse to believe, you know, like what's going on in the world today. You know, it's a yeah. lot of bad stuff happening, but people are just ignoring it, just like it's like like it's not even there. So sure. that's how the wrestling business is, man. You can be friends with a guy and the next minute, you know, you, you're the most hated guy in the world. So, you know, you can get heat very quick. You can also get respect for, uh, fairly quick, too. Uh, D'Lo yeah. Brown made a comment just recently, uh, and he said, quote, I'll tell you this. So in WWE, we do dark matches. They're matches that no one sees on TV. So for about a year, John Cena kept coming in as the prototype. And the boys, all of us, would go up in the stands and watch the matches. And what we would do was laugh at John Cena saying, he's so robotic. 
Later on, he said to Yada's words, they realized as time went on that he went from being robotic to being one hell of a damn wrestler in the ring. Teddy, your thoughts? Well, uh, that's true. John Cena did go to become a good work in the ring, you know what I mean? But uh, like I said, I like Cena. Nice guy. I just, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just really keep my comments to myself. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think there are people who either love John Cena or hate John Cena, and, and uh, that's what he kind of built his career around, you know, honestly. And and it, 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 there's nothing wrong with that. If if you don't like a particular talent and how they are in the ring, you know, that's just like ice cream. Now, you might like strawberry. I like chocolate, you know, and that's just how it is. Doesn't mean I don't like you because you don't like chocolate. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, so. a lot of guys, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I know the behind the scenes. <laughs> you know oh, yeah. what I mean? So. Yeah. I'm just saying, man, you know, that to keep down confusion and all this, you know, hey, like I said, he's a nice guy. Guess I got along with him. I don't know, but I did hear some rumors from certain people that, you know, I wasn't one of his favorite people. So uh, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just telling you what somebody told me. But, you know, people will tell you stuff, too, you know, to keep stirring shit up, you know, so I don't even pay that no attention. But like I said, I like I said, nice guy, like the guy, but I, I really have nothing to say. Let me ask you a question. I'm curious. Uh, did you ever watch the Divas show that he was on for a period of time with the Nikki and Brie Bell? Did you watch any of that? No. Oh, okay. They they showed him as a real buttoned up kind of a, I don't know, very stiff individual and things had to be just a certain way. And he always came across to me on those shows as almost being unbearable to be around. There you is, go. He, is that how he is in the back? Well, like I said, I'll keep my comments to myself. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, he kind of showed himself to me on TV. And when I saw that, I was like, I don't know that I like this guy as much as I used to. You know, there was a time when I, I liked and respected him, but I saw some of the stuff he did on that show. And I was like, okay. Uh, you, know, you had to have a suit if you want to go have dinner, you know, that kind of stuff. Just crazy. Well, we got to look at it like this, too. You know, that's TV. So yeah. some of that right there could have been what the producers wanted, whoever was, you know, doing the show. They may have wanted him to have that suit or portray that person that he was portraying on TV or he could have that this it could have been him the real you know you saw the real side so that we don't know so that's why I said I don't comment on it because I don't know what it was he was instructed by TV to do this or whatever we don't know so I just really leave it alone let me ask you about Heath Slater. Did you work with Heath Slater at all while he was in WWE? I, I thought you did. Yeah, I knew him before he even got in uh, WWE. I knew Heath Slater <laughs> when he was in, uh, but I think he came to face-to-face a little bit. You know, him and uh, Rick Borger, well, when I first started face-to-face, the, the thing was that Heath Slater and Rick, Rick Borger had, uh, they were in partnership that they owned the place. So yeah. then I found out that not to be true. So I don't know, but Heath Slater was a real nice guy. I had the opportunity to work with him. Yeah, Heath Slater. I, I've met him several times. Very, oh, very came, nice bro. guy. He was with uh, the uh, guy, the school that was out on Fulton Industrial that Mr. Huge was uh, training at. That's where I yep. met Heath Slater. Yeah, Heath Slater, actually, when I was in the Independence, uh, he came through. Uh, we worked a show in Milledgeville together uh, when he was really young, and he was traveling with some other folks at the time. And uh, you knew then this guy had something. So. Well, where is he now? Is he around now? Well, you know, that's the, uh, we'll get into this in just a minute, but I have not heard of where he is. I, he's been quiet uh, ever since COVID. He kind of just faded away, and I knew he got injured and had to go through a rehab, but I would imagine he's well past that by now. Um, but he, he, let me kind of update you a little bit here. Uh, Heath Slater says he wants another run in WWE. Uh, he says, quote, I know if I can get another three-year run, I could probably be set with them. 
I'm looking at 40 now. I've told myself I'm not going past 47. Now, that's been my number that I gave myself when I got signed at 20. I've got another five to seven years that I feel like I could do this. So if we ever offer, if they ever offered, you know, I mean, it's the biggest place in the world to perform. And I was for my whole career pretty much right there. He wants to go back in WWE. Do you see a place for him in WWE? Well, I don't know. That I can't answer either because I don't know what, if he went back there, I don't know what WWE will see in him now. I don't know how they would really want to use him if they did bring him back. So, I mean, this business is moving so fast now and, you know, things have certainly changed over the years. And I think with the talent that they have in WWE, a lot of great young talent, I mean, great young guys that are really busting their butts out there each and every week on that TV performing. So, you know, that to me, and I'm just speaking this personally, you know what I mean? I just don't think Heath Slater has anywhere to fit in there. I mean, he could, we never know, but just seeing from what I see as with today's, you know, product, uh, I don't see it. But like I said, I, who am I? I don't know because they could bring him in, see something and then find somewhere to put him, you know? So hopefully, you know, he can get that run, you know, God bless him, man. And he, he, he can hopefully he get that run and WWE and retired 47. That would be great for him. Do you feel he was underutilized uh, during his first run with WWE that they, they could have done more with him? Or do you think that's, he kind of fell right where he was needed at the time? Well, I think he's just, right where he was needed at the time. You know what I mean? I mean, they gave him a good run. He got a good push there. You know yep. what I mean? So I don't, I don't, I don't see where, you know, I didn't, you, well, you don't hear him griping. He don't think that, uh, you know, he was uh, not done right there, but no. like I said, I thought that uh, when he was there, what they had him doing was absolutely great. You know what I mean? So everything comes to an end, yep. <laughs> you know, and some guys have to realize that. And a lot of guys, you know, they just won't let it go. You know, they yep. won't take the cape off. You know, you have to take the cape off, man. It's over. But I do enjoy Heath Slater and Heath. I, I, you know, I know he's around Georgia quite a bit. I think he may even still live in Georgia. I'm not sure about that. But uh, yeah. we certainly wish you the best. And uh, I'd like to see you know, like to kind of know where you are now. Because like Teddy said, it's been kind of quiet. I haven't heard your name in quite some time. And you're a hell of a talent. Right. Well, like I said, you know, a lot of these guys, they're just so eager to get back in the ring, you know, and like I said, he's like, he's at, he's 40. So he's still a young man. So he's able to get in there and take a few more bumps, you know, but I mean, I guess everybody don't feel like me. You know? <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I, I don't even, I'm, I don't even want to be, a, you know, be a part of it full time no more. You know no. what I mean? I, when they call me, go back or whatever, I, that's fine with me, but I can understand and I see it, you know, this business has changed and I just don't see, where you know what i mean there's really nothing that you know i don't know i, ju I just don't know you, yeah. you don't know but like i said i'm enjoying you know doing what i'm doing i'm at i'm at home i'm doing signings i'm doing comic con so i'm i'm working at my own pace i'm my own boss so i'm and i'm loving every minute of it all right let's see uh conan i want to bring that up as well conan thinks that the young bucks and i and now you've seen the young bucks but you're not a you're not a regular watcher of aew i know that no. um and uh, so for those of you who do keep up with uh, AEW, here's what Conan thinks. He thinks they should leave AEW and go to WWE, saying, quote, they could go to WWE, pop off, you know, they could come in WWE and tell Cody, hey, you deserted us. Start the storyline right there. I would think if WWE brought them in, they would use them wisely. 
What do well, you think? You know what? Uh, that that's that's a great idea. Okay, that's a great idea. And what I think would really be good is if they did go there, is to maybe when they set that matchup with uh, Cody and Roman Reigns, then here come the Young Bucks to to to, to fuck Cody at the end right there. That's 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 what if they did go there, that's the way I would do it. Teddy, let me ask you, uh, and I, I've said something about this in, in a kind of a passing way on a show just recently, but in the world of WWE and the world of AEW, size is a difference. Um, the, when you see the young guys in AEW uh, stand in the ring with the WWE guy, it looks like father and son almost because of the size difference. Could the young bucks go to WWE and really get over despite the fact that they're, you know, small in comparison to everybody else on the roster. Well, size ain't got nothing to do with it no more. You know, that used to be, you know, a main factor in the business. You know, just if size has something to do with it, then Rey Mysterio would never be where he is today. Okay. So I don't think size has nothing to do with it. It's your workability. These guys are hell of a workers, the young bucks. Now I got to give that to them. They deserve every, every bit of it. So I think that the size, like I said, I don't feel like it has nothing to do with it. I think they could go right in, fit in right now, and they could be, you know, really good there. All right, Taylor, we uh, sent out Twitter uh, because we knew Bill wasn't going to be here, and we wanted to have, give fans the opportunity to uh, ask you some questions, and we've got a lot of ones that uh, popped up off of Twitter uh, from Sportskeeda's Twitter site, and I'm going to go over these and just uh, answer these for the next uh, about 10 minutes of the show. You ready? Okay. All right, the first one, who are your favorite wrestlers at the moment? <laughs> Oh God. I, I, I got, you know, a lot of guys. I like Roman. Uh he's he's certainly come a long way. And to watch him, I watched him on uh uh the Monday Night Raw show and to have those people sing that song, you know, boy, you know you got him when you yep. got him doing that. And then I also heard that when he was leaving Madison Square Garden, the people were outside singing a song as he <laughs> as he was leaving. So that's when you know you got him and that's when you know you're over and that's when you know you've done a hell of a job. And so God bless Roman Reigns. I was right there with him from the beginning and I watched him grow. And he has certainly, you know, did a tremendous job. So man, you, uh, Roman, good luck to you, player. Who do you see right now, Teddy, that uh, can step into Roman's shoes? Because there's been a lot of rumors that Roman's going to be not quite as visible as he once was. He's gonna, Obviously, he'll eventually leave and go towards Hollywood, I would imagine. Um, is we there don't somebody? Know that. We well, don't no, no, know no. That. But I, well, I know that. But what I'm saying, though, is that if he does that, who's next in line? Who do you see that can step in that role that Roman Reigns currently holds? L.A. Knight. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you love L.A. Knight, don't you? Well, not so much that I love L.A. Knight. I just watch this guy. He has a lot of talent. People oh, he does? May not, be, may not be giving him his just due, but I think he's going to be a big star, man. Very cool. All right, here we go. Next question. What was your favorite moment as SmackDown general manager? Uh, I guess at the time when the uh, Undertaker kidnapped me. Well, I had a lot of great moments, you know, especially with Vicky Guerrero and all the stuff we were doing. But with the kidnapping uh, from Undertaker and me being in the coffin, you know, something that I, you know, you, you always dread, you know, I ain't, what am I going to get in a casket? <laughs> that, that, you know what I mean? I didn't want to do that, but I did that because I know Vince McMahon would have done that. So how am I going to tell this man what I'm not going to do when I know you do it? Yep. So what that was, that was, like I said, I had a lot of great moments, but the kidnapping with Undertaker, that was one of the, the good ones. 
While we're talking about The Undertaker, I want to mention that The Undertaker made a comment just today or yesterday about Bray Wyatt. Uh, and I saw that. Did you? Yeah, and, and I thought it was interesting because he said basically the same thing I've said. They need to go back to the beginning, to the very original Bray Wyatt, the guy, the Louisiana nut job. He was believable, but not so, you know, magical and, and you know, that kind of thing. And I thought that was great to hear that come from him because I think he sees it the same way. I think he sees it as somebody who needs to be just Bray Wyatt. Well, you know what I mean? Um, I like Bray Wyatt. Like I said once before, you know, I knew Bray Wyatt when he was a little bit of baby. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. uh, so, uh, I, you know, there's something wrong somewhere. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Because he, they'll bring him back and they put him out there. Then they, they, you know, take him away. So, I, I I just don't understand it. Maybe the writers just haven't figured out, you know, exactly what they want to do. You know, I I don't know, but it's just, I think yeah. they're missing the boat with Bray Wyatt. I really do. Yeah, I, I agree. There's something that uh, obviously is an issue that we don't know about that has not been made public uh, right. because uh, it, it, vocally on the microphone, he's incredible. His performances are incredible. His wrestling matches are not bad either. I mean, the guy's got just about everything he needs to become a huge star but something, like you say, it's like a speed bump. He keeps hitting speed bumps one after the other. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I think that they're missing the boat with him, but, you know, who am I? All right, here, <laughs> is, here we go. Next question. Who do you think was the most influential wrestler backstage during your time as GM? Uh... When you say influ influential wrestler, what, what, explain that. What do you Ma mean? Made by the that? most impact uh, during your time, I guess, uh, would be the way to say that. Uh, you know, um, whether it be uh, publicly uh, in the media or whatever, just somebody who really outshined everybody else. Let's say that. Well, I was there with The Rock. Okay. Yeah. He was the guy that outshined everybody. I was there with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was another guy that was right there that outshined everybody. I was back there with all the big guy, you know, big time players, man. Look so here. Yeah, yeah, people didn't come to see one guy on that card. When no. back in the attitude era, people came to see everybody that was on that card. And I, I was a part of that era and, and thank God, you know, that I was because we had a great time. And like I said, it wasn't like it is now, but uh, you know, I certainly miss the attitude era. Yeah, I, I agree. Back in the uh, the Attitude Era, everybody was a star. There was very few people that would pop up on your TV screen where you go, okay, I'm going to go grab a drink or something out of the kitchen. That was no. never the case. They Everybody stepped up during that time. Right. You had the APA, JBL run, Simmons right there, great tag team, man. You had, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of great stars there, man. I mean, Eddie Guerrero, God rest his soul, you know, were part of that. And uh, uh, Kurt Angle. You know oh, what God, I mean? Yeah. I mean, boy, I mean, that roster was was great. Yeah, you know, and that's the one thing that I don't feel right now in wrestling, that there's a, this, the, the, it's not that deep. No matter where you go, there's not a real deep main event roster on uh, for any company right now. There's just a handful of guys out there who could really, I think, sell out a stadium. Well, I, I agree with you there, too, but, I mean, it's according to how you use the guy. If yeah. you put, if you use him right, then he'll sell arenas out for you. You know what I mean? Because people go and they, they buy what they see on TV. Okay. So if you're using a guy right, he'll fill them seats up for you. So it's not really, well, it's kind of left up to him too, because once they give you the ball, you got to run with it. Oh, yeah. You can't keep oh, yeah. fumbling you know, and getting tackled. You got to make some touchdowns. So 
like I said, the business has just changed now, but with a lot of young talent, I, you know, that, that I see, especially with the women now, you know, they really are advancing, you know, real oh, yeah. Ripley, those girls, man, golly, what a, what, what, what a great roster they got there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of what happens with Rhea Ripley. She is uh, really a refreshing talent to see uh, in the women's division right now. And and let's not forget about Selena Vega. Oh, God, yes. I, boy, it's hard to forget about her. <laughs> well, see, I, I don't even know why I asked you. <laughs> All right, your next question, Teddy. Did you have any particular wrestlers that you loved working with more than others? Uh... <laughs> be well, honest because really, you know I, there is yeah not really i enjoy working no. with everybody because i got along with everybody so uh but you know i love working with apa uh you know uh when i was out there you know with them messing around when i was general manager you know i love it you know feuding with them i just had a great time with everybody man you know it didn't bother me i thought some of your best segments on tv was with uh john laurinitis oh yeah well see <laughs> see <laughs> they were they were good because he didn't know I hated him in real life. So, yeah, yeah, but he he didn't know it. I had to throw that. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you threw it in there. You know, because I mean, I have no respect for a man that tried to stop me from feeding my family. A man that hated me for no reason. I never done nothing to him. You know what I mean? And to come in my face and laugh and grin, you know, like, you know that, you know, just it's it's unreal, man. Karma's a bitch. And then, you know, the other thing, too, you know, I had the opportunity and, and this, you know, was uh, one of the referees that me and him rode together, you know, and I'll leave the name out, you know what I mean? But he come and told me exactly what he was making. So I is a referee, not, nothing against him. He was making more money than me. And I'm the general manager of the, of the running this company. So, yeah, and, and that was all Laurinaitis' deal. You know, he could have, like I told you, man, him and Mark Arana were the worst two people on this planet. Well, thankfully, they're no longer employed by WWE. Well, you never know. Don't count yeah. them out. That's here. I hear you. All right, let's see. Uh, while we're kind of uh, talking about some of these guys, uh, the next question was kind of more of a statement. Uh, it says, quote, I've seen a lot of guys pay homage to Flair. If they only knew, ask Teddy. No Any comment. comments? I didn't think you would, but I had to throw it in there. All okay. right, and he, What's that? I said, I got you. No problem. All right. <laughs> like I said, if you got nothing good to say about anybody, just don't say nothing. That's right. Hey, mama wasn't wrong, right? No. All right. What was your favorite match that you ever made as a general manager? Um, I didn't have a favorite match. I think what I really liked doing was putting people one-on-one -on -one with The Undertaker. Those were my favorite matches. <laughs> I would imagine that that had to been a, a lot of fun because just saying that line, the pop that it gets and the reaction that it gets, you know. Well, can... I saw something on, on Twitter the other night and sure you, you know, that, 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 you know, I'm on somebody's mind. There was get these tag team matches were coming up on Raw and I looked on Twitter and WWE had printed, hold on a minute. We're going to have a tag. Didn't say player, yep. but they said, you get ready for a tag team match. Who says, hold on a minute, but me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like one time I heard Bray Wyatt doing one of his promos, and he said, let me holler at you, player. Okay. Now, and see, I had a chance to see Bray, and I told him, hey, man, thank you. Anytime you can mention my name, keep me relevant, that's fine with me. Look here. I, you know, and, and that goes back, though. We talked about this last week on one of the shows that we were doing, and I said that it was criminal that they didn't have T-shirts for you. And you're talking about these little tweets and these little sayings that WWE is putting out there. 
those sayings on a shirt at the time that you were general manager and working for WWE, I can't imagine they wouldn't have sold like hotcakes. And the fact that they didn't even do it blows me away. Well, if I if, if a man tells you that they ain't going to make an action figure of you because the people won't buy it, why would they make a T-shirt? If they ain't going to buy the action figure, they ain't going to buy nothing else. So that's what John Laurinaitis said. You know, you know they, they won't buy it. He told me this in my face. So I guarantee you, if he had anything to do with it, with them making me any T-shirts, he was probably the guy that, that stopped it. Now, see, if it, if I were you and I happen to run into John Laurinaitis knowing all this stuff after the fact, I'd want hey, to punch his I, fucking head I off. Knew all this, I didn't know after the fact. I knew all this when I was working there with him. Mm-hmm. I just didn't let him know. See, you, know solely, you, yeah. you don't let nobody know what you know, because if you do, then that way they can get you. So I just act just like that, you know, dumb old guy. You know, oh, I'm just happy to be here. Oh, man, I, I'd have to kill him if I saw him. Not, no, I'm not, not, not literally. I'm not saying do nice send cops over here. I'm not saying that. You yeah. know what I mean? No, no I, I don't even look at it like that. If I see him, yeah. you know, if he speaks to me, I'll speak to him. If he don't, I'll say nothing to him. But I don't wish any bad on nobody, you know, because people like him, I leave them to God. He'll he'll take care of him. Don't worry. I think he's starting to do that right now. So it's called like you just was said it at the beginning. It's called karma. Oh yeah, and she is a bitch. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're out of time. This has been the Wrestling Time Machine without Bill After, who again is uh, on Bun Beach right now uh, doing the special uh, assignment. We'll call it. He, well, he's showing his buns. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Jesus. Well, that beach is empty. I can promise you that. So. <laughs> Either the beach is empty or he's already been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mac Davis. That is WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and this has been the Wrestling Time Machine. All right, players, holla. That's it. We're done. Okay. Oh, that image of him. <laughs>